Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash Trending Topics with BB. Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. Uh, well, first and foremost, want to thank everybody who has tuned into this podcast from the very first inception of it being a podcast to the very, very beginning when it wasn't a podcast, it was on YouTube. And to all of you new listeners that will be tuning into this from now until whenever. For First of all, I want to get the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Please head over to bbmediaindustries.com slash trendingtopicswithbb. You will be able to find all the links to all the mediums where you can listen, download, rate, and repeat of this podcast. I'm talking about iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, and the like. Uh, Please, if you have a chance during this intro to leave a favorable review on both iTunes page and Stitcher, it helps this podcast be found by other listeners that may or may not have found this organically. Uh, So please check out that page. Now, enough with the housekeeping crap. Uh, want to focus on this podcast episode. It's been a long time coming for me, personally, as a huge fan of this person, as a huge... I have a huge respect for this person. I have a huge respect for his craft, what he's built. That is Marcus Schultz. If you are unfamiliar, well, get familiar. Uh, He has been around the music scene for some time. I personally have been a fan for 10 years. Uh, Yes. And we talk about music, his upcoming album, the scene, music in general. It was one of the most fulfilling conversations I've ever had. I love talking to people who are just as passionate about their craft as I am about hearing these stories and talking to people and getting in-depth with people. So without further ado, I give you the wonderful conversation with Marcus Schultz. All right. Well, uh, again, thank you, Marcus, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. So um, why don't we just dive right into it before we get into other subjects? I know it's a few days now and the new album's coming out. So um, I had a chance to listen to the acoustics, and I'm actually off to do that. Looking forward... uh, has this been kind of a different approach? You, you've mentioned in some other interviews and some other articles that I've read that, you know, you just sat down and started writing. Um, is it been a little bit more rewarding to kind of sit down and just start from a pen and a pad and a guitar or a vocalist? Yeah. Of... You know what? It's, um, you know, uh, I, I used to do a lot of creative writing and, um, you know, when I started DJing and producing, you know, I kind of gave that part of uh, part of it up. And you know, after a while of producing, and I mean, six albums or five albums in, you know, you you start looking for new challenges or or new things that you want to explore. And um, you know, I it's like I feel like sound wise, you know, I I, I know what 
you know, I know how to create the sounds that I'm hearing in my head, melodies, you know, it's like, okay, but what else is there? And I was always very conscious in all of my DJ sets at the, the vocals that I play have to have messages that I endorse, I guess is the best way to describe it. So for me, um, when I sat down to write this album, I said, you know, I want to connect you know, with every one of the singers and, and other writers that I work with, I said, I want to connect the audience with the stage. I want to make sure that every song has some kind of like, uh, um, you know, like, like some kind of, uh, connection between the, the stage and the audience. And so we started writing that way. And then, um, after we really got our legs underneath us and, and some of these songs, you know, that, that I, wanted to have connect the stage and, and the audience. Once we got that done, it was like, okay, what else can I explore? And then we were, you know, just starting to think about, hey, let's make a song for like the journey to get to the event. Okay, let's make a song that represents the, uh, um, you know, the, the ending of the night. Um, song Rewind kind of represents that. Um, you know, there was another song, uh, Face Down, for example. We were just kind of, uh, you know, um, trying, I was just, had this idea about a song that just kind of represents two people, like, like how we get lost in the music, how, you know, but, but I mean, more poetic and, um, and not just like, uh, um, you know, making words like, hey, get lost in the music. I want to get lost in, you know, nothing, um, you know, I, I wanted to really challenge everybody, uh, that I was working with. It's like, let's come up with some poetic and different ways to tell stories. Um, and I, I, I think that is the absolute most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my career. It's like, um, now when I'm playing these songs, um, and I look out at the audience, I feel like, you know what? This is my message. This is, uh, the frequency that I'm on. And I feel strongly that when you're on a certain frequency and you put that frequency out there, you're going to attract people that are on that frequency. And to, that means that there's a special connection, a special relationship. It's, uh, excuse me, it's not just people that, um, you know, just random people who are just kind of, uh, you know, wandering through. Um, you know, there are people that are just connected and 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 on that frequency i think that's um very important and and it's rewarding as well and like to go along like because uh, i was able to be at the open to close at avalon last or a couple months ago or a month and a half ago or whatever it was but like when you played that i just felt like the room like like the energy was already like awesome but like it went to another level when you played that and like we didn't know like it was kind of like an id then so we were yeah. kind of like like i just remember looking at my friends and going holy cow like <laughs> so yeah uh, but i think it, that's that's the uh the key is to you know people that are on your frequency are gonna say oh my god what is this you know because we're on we're resonating at at that at the same frequency um, and I think that's, um, you know, like I said, I, I tried to, I tried to make sure that, um, the stories and everything that I was telling it was stuff that's important, um, content that's important to, to us as a community, you know, and, um, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very happy with the outcome. Awesome. So do you think that is also what sets, like, the trans community and, and, like, specifically fans of yourself? apart from, like, other groups, because yeah. I've had, well, I've had the, 
Well, to go along, my second question is, like, I've had the experience of being in other groups, and it's a completely different experience. Yeah. Like, Yeah, you know, it's funny because, uh, um, I mean, I do feel that, um, I, I do feel there's something, you know, more spiritual, I guess, when, you know, when, when we're all together, when we're, you know, when I do the open to close sets and, uh, um, you know, and you look out and you just see people from all, you know, people like, for example, the Avalon show, people flew in from Europe for that show, people flew in from all over the United States, and you know that it's, you know, it's not just, a, a, it's something special, you know, and, and, and the nice thing about it, too, is it's not just people, you know, rolling out of bed or rolling off their couch and going to their local club and seeing me, and then they go home, and then the next day they're back to their regular lives. It's like when I do these shows, uh, like the Avalon show, for example, there's a whole, like, experience, a whole journey that goes into it, you know, when people come from all over the world. I, I know the people, it was, some people, it was their first time ever in Los Angeles, you know, people from Europe. So, um, and so you know that that it's a whole experience. I mean, it, it's, it, it takes a lot of effort. Um, and that's why it's always very important when I do these shows that, you know, I don't take it for granted. I don't just, I spend a lot of time preparing because it's like each show that I do, you know, I don't care if it's 50 people or 50,000 people. I want it to be the best set, the best show that they've ever seen and, and experienced in their lives. And, um, you know, to, to, to know that people are traveling from all over the world and, um, to, to see you, you know, you have to, you have to be fair. You have to give back as well. And, um, I think that, you know, to be able to write stories for them and about those kind of experiences and then, you know, just play with so much passion and then receive the passion back. Like I said, I think everything is like at a higher frequency, a, a more spiritual connection and, um, a more spiritual vibe in the air. Yeah, it was interesting because I, I flew in and I was, it was a 24 hour trip for my, for me because I came from Phoenix and people were like, why did you come all the way? And I was like, well, I've heard about Avalon, I've heard about the open to close. Cause I've had the pleasure of seeing you here in Scottsdale and, and in Vegas, but like, I hadn't, you know, experienced Avalon yet. And so I had some friends over there go, come on over. And it was amazing. Like, I didn't think I would make it the whole time, but I did. And, I mean, every like, especially during the rabbit hole, like it was like amazing just to experience the song you forgot, and then you would play it, and it was just like it'd bring out like a second wind, and like it was just something different to experience, and it's hard to explain to people outside of our community because a lot yeah. of came home, and people were asking me what what did you do, and then like I tried to explain it, and they just looked at me with these weird eyes, like you're crazy. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's really cool when you can, uh, when there's other people that experience and that kind of indescribable experience as well. And you guys, and you just look at each other and you just smile and, and shake your head. And that's all you need to say sometimes. Now, I mean, sometimes when I'm at, when I'm in that zone, you know, um, I just look out at the crowd and I just laugh because it's like, I don't know how to explain this, but this is the most amazing feeling that you can have, you know, it's like, uh, I always say, it's like, you know, the, describe the rabbit hole, and it's like, and I, and I say, you know what, I don't really know 
but I, but you know when you're there. You know, you can, you can say, oh yeah, this is a cool rabbit hole track, but there's more to, uh, to the rabbit hole than just a song. It's a feeling and, and you know it when you're there. You know, it's when everybody's just, you know, it's almost like, it's just everybody's out on the same frequency, and it's very special. And uh, I, I mean, I live for moments like that. Agreed. So um, to kind of harken back, being that I know you had beginnings here in Phoenix. So um, I have we have a mutual friend that I actually work with now, who kind of remembers the days when you were here. So um, you always talk about how this is coming home, and and you mm. mentioned that. Uh, previously so what makes like phoenix the phoenix area so like nostalgic for you well yeah i i um i play i you know i started off i always talk about how i started off in the gay clubs um that well you know i started off as a break dancer and then i started playing at at, in top 40 clubs after you know that that kind of led me into top 40 clubs and i got burnt out and then I started uh, playing in the gay clubs, and that's where I was really like, that's I felt like musically, that's where I could play um, the music that I really was into, the more electronic stuff. And it was in Phoenix where I first started playing in gay clubs, um, and from there I went into the, you know, started playing in a, in the rave scene and the and the rave clubs, up, and there was a club called the Works in Scottsdale, and I always say that was home for me. Um, it was, I played there on opening night and I played there to the very end when it closed. Um, uh, I played the last song, you know, in, in the club when it closed and it was just, you know, we were just crying because we knew that it was something special that would never be recreated again. Um, it, especially because it was, it was in Arizona, it was in Phoenix or Scottsdale and something like that, it just doesn't. You know, it, it just doesn't happen all the time in in cities, you know, like like Phoenix or Scottsdale, and you know, so that's why I, I it's very dear to me um, because it was these it was a community of people. We were all outcasts, like we didn't belong anywhere. You know, it's like uh, um, we were into different type of music than anybody else in Arizona was into. We were. We didn't belong in, it was just, you know, we didn't belong anywhere except there. And, you know, it was right before the internet really, uh, you know, became big. And, and now you can be an outcast and just be part of an outcast community on the internet. But in those days, if you were an outcast, the, you know, the, you, you waited for Friday and Saturday night to go to the works and you, you know, it was a whole experience. And those days were just, like I said, it was so special. It was days of innocence. The cool thing is I'll travel all over the world, and I, I still get people coming up to me and go, I used to go to the works, San Francisco, London, Paris, you name it. People have come up to me and said, I used to go to the works. And you're just like, wow. You know, it, it was a special time. So, like I said, I always refer to Phoenix as, uh, or, you know, Arizona as home, because during those days, is when I really found myself, um, you know, when I, when I, I had the opportunity to really kind of, um, I guess, create or, or, or kind of carve out my sound, uh, what it is that I, that musically I was really into. And, um, you know, I built up a good, 
knowledge of what it is that I wanted to do. Um, but I had to move to London um, to kind of do a pilgrimage um, to, you know, because that's where all the music was coming from. That's where all the artists were. So I moved to London for two years, right from Arizona, and kind of submerged myself into the music scene in London um, before moving back to the U.S. and, and moving to Miami. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if it wasn't for Arizona, if it wasn't for the works, if it wasn't for that community of outcasts that, uh, you know, that I was so happily uh, a part of, um, I don't think I would be the artist um, where that I am today. And, well, that's, uh, that's interesting to hear because a lot of people are like, Arizona, why would you find yourself in Arizona? But it just, you know, it happened the way it did. So when you went to London and you found your sound a little bit more, is it because, like, Europe and London was more progressive in uh, embracing Music no, you know what it was? It's when you're in the music scene, one thing that you realize is when you hear something and it inspires you, it's usually six months too late um, because, you know, somebody makes something that's like, wow, oh, my God, amazing. Um, it takes like six months or so before the, the song is actually released and maybe even a, a few more months after that before it saturates into the public. Um, so I needed to be somewhere where everything was happening right then. You know, I almost needed to fast forward six months. Um, and, uh, and that was really, you know, you had to be in London. You had to be part of that, that community and hear everything as it was happening, um, to really be able to kind of, uh, to be part of it, you know. And, um, I always wanted to succeed and make it, uh, in Arizona, you know, out of Arizona. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, live in Arizona and succeed. Um, but I think it was just at that time, like I said, the internet hadn't, uh, really blown up yet. Nowadays, you can be anywhere in the world, you know, but back in those days, you had to be, um, you know, it, it, it was the, London was the capital. You had to be in London, um, to kind of catch that lightning, um, or, or at least, uh, you know, be, be part of that and, and to really understand and be, be part of the trailblazers um, of the EDM scene back then, um, you know. So it was it was a sacrifice. I had to do it. Um, I like I said, I wish I would have been able to stay in Arizona, and and you know, in a perfect world, it would have been, um, to, you know, I would have been able to stay there. But uh, I had to go and and um, make this pilgrimage. Well, it makes sense. I'm not saying that you had to stay. I was just curious, you know. No, no, no. I but trust me, it's like whenever I go back to Arizona, it's special for me. You know, it was a special place. Um, and I think you know what it is when you're part of a community. Um, that was the hardest thing. Was just you know, there were I had so many friends in Arizona, and uh, just leaving it all behind. Um, you know, that's the part that. Uh, that's difficult, and it doesn't matter where you could be uh, in in Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale, uh, Mesa, or you could be in Tucson or Flagstaff, whatever. It's when you are in a, in a, um, a an inspiring social circle, and for whatever reason you have to leave, it's hard. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter where you are. It's uh, that's your social circle. That is your your foundation, and um, I, I think that was, you know, that's why Arizona is special, uh, is really special to me, because that's a foundation, um, and, uh, you know, I hear so many people telling me, um, you know, go, 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 and, uh, um, 
it just it gave me the courage to do it i you know i knew that i had to do it but i never wanted to do it i and uh you know finally i you know with my my friends there and everything were pushing me like you got to do this and uh yeah i did it <laughs> awesome so i i mean i know like i mean you're crazy busy like you have gigs all the time and you're making music and you do what you do, but what keeps you, like, motivated? Because, like, sometimes I look at your yeah. schedule and I'm like, I don't, I can't even, like, deal with my schedule. No, I so, say this, but, yeah, I say this a lot. It's like when you look at it from the outside, you shake your head and you go, whoa. But when you're in it, um, you know, you, it's, it's, there's a there's a rhythm to this lifestyle, you know. It's a um, there's a certain rhythm, and and when you get used to that rhythm, it's very easy. Uh, um, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's easy, easy, but uh, I mean, I, there are a lot of sacrifices. But once you make those sacrifices, once you've under once you understand that this is your calling, this is your purpose, and and you know, and you have a, a strong foundation of people that are cheering you on. Um, and telling you, you go, you go on the road for a month, and when you come back, we're here, and we're gonna, uh, we're gonna be waiting for you at the airport. You know, when you have that, then you're, you, you do it. You're not afraid to, to do it. Um, I think the hardest thing is, uh, um, leaving, you know, leaving your friends and everything, and realizing that life goes on without you there. You know, you're, you're on the road doing your thing. But and your friends are doing their thing, and you hear stories about friends uh, getting married, having kids, whatever, you know, and, and and it's difficult. But I wouldn't be able to do this uh, with as much passion and and drive as I do if I didn't have some of the most amazing friends who are there for me. And it's not just my friends; my family too. Um, you know, they are there for me and and uh, and proud. So you know that 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 sense of pride, um, you know, really kind of adds fuel awesome so i'm curious as you're like i've been seeing some debates online about the edm scene versus trans versus whatever and Mm -hmm. i'm just curious as your thoughts like on the scene because a lot of people are now trying to separate the genres from edm saying edm is like the pop like yeah. crazy popular stuff as opposed to trans and I've always been a trans fan. I've been I mean I've been a fan of you for years, so like and, and the genre. So like there's been some debate as to the negativity with e- the word EDM as opposed to like separating yourself into whatever yeah. is your favorite subgenre. So what what are your thoughts on like EDM the saying the word like using EDM as well, you know people. what? I think, and and we all knew this was going to happen when EDM kind of blew up. You know, we knew that people were going to that was their gateway, and as they heard this music and got into it, they were going to get bored and they were going to look at what is there, what's the next level. Like you know, uh, um, their palettes are refined. And over the last few years, that's what really you've seen, is you've seen people's palettes refine. People are smart uh, about music to where they know when people are using the same sounds, the same stock sounds, you know, and 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 the people are now like, uh, uh, they're almost insulted when somebody just kind of 
you know, does a track in 30 minutes and paints it, uh, you know, paint by numbers. Um, and, and so from that, I think there gets, there, there's frustration. Like, how can this song be popular or how can it be so big when this is like an insult to my intelligence? I've been listening to EDM now for two, three years or longer for, you know, many of us. And now you're going to try and pass this off as something groundbreaking when all it is is sample packs and preset sounds that anybody with a cracked version of, uh, of, uh, Fruity Loops can make. And, and so you're starting to sense a little bit of, um, I guess, uh, um, dissatisfaction. And rightfully so. You know, it's, uh, it, it's kind of disgusting what, uh, what, what's happened, what happens, uh, with some of these songs. And, you know, it's like, come on, you gotta be kidding me. Um, and, so I think it's very natural for people to kind of try and separate themselves from the, you know, the the stuff that um, doesn't, you know, some of it just doesn't have any soul. You know, it's it's just so dry. It's just so, I don't know, fabricated. I, I you know, it, you just, you just it, it's funny. It's a lot of things in the music industry are hard to describe, but you know it when you hear it, and you. When when you hear something that was made with passion, when you hear music that was made with, you know, a sense of art, a sense of purpose, you know it. You know what I mean? You know it. And and I think that um, people are getting more and more outspoken when they hear stuff that isn't made with the same passion that they have for the music. Um, And, you know, I understand it. I do. I understand it because um, I'll tell you what. The, 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 the thing that really, like in the last week, the thing that really, really kind of drove the point home to me is, um, the passing of Prince. I went back and started, you know, listening to all those old Prince songs again. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. I, I actually, I was crying. I was crying because I was, I said, you know, I said to Adina, I said, we took him for granted. I mean, he was very popular. He was very, you know, famous and, and, and everybody said he's very talented. But still, when you really listen to his music and compare the things that he was doing to what's going on now, if, if you have a soul, you feel embarrassed or sad because we took that for granted. The bar, he set the bar so high. And now the bar is just so low, and 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 I think that you know this is art. And we one thing that I always say is, you know, this music art lives; uh, it's immortal. But a lot of these songs that you hear, just kind of made with no passion and no no soul, they're going to be thrown out just like yesterday's newspaper. And uh, I, I think that, you know, these are the artists that have a sense of purpose, have a sense of, of I don't even know the word, it's just a sense of purpose. Um, those are the ones who you can hear it in the music. And I'm very passionate about this. You know, it's like um, I always say, I, I know I know, a, I know all these artists. I played with them all, hung out with them all backstage. And you'd be surprised how many people tell me, they're like, Marcus, how do you do this? You ask the same questions that you just asked me. How do you do this? How have you been doing this for so long? How do you spend so much time on the road? I'm only going to do this for three, four years, and then I'm out. 
and you just shake your head like, why? Why? I mean, and and I don't know. It's it. That's the the sad thing about it. And and like I said earlier, um, people are starting to feel the 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 you know they're they're starting to feel that. And uh, you can feel when something's done with sincerity and passion, and when something is done just you know like a coloring book. Paint this here. Paint this there. Right. Well, you bring up a point because I just read an article this weekend. There was an article somebody wrote on Beatport about Prince's influence on the genre to begin with and how... Yeah. Um, well, we forget- let me first of all say how how amusing it is how that all of a sudden everybody was inspired by Prince. And it's I like, know. I find that You know amazing. what? No, you weren't. You're just, you know, it's sad that some people take that uh, as a, uh, like, you know, because that's the headline, they're going to take that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm the first one to admit that we took him for granted. And if you say you were inspired by Prince, uh, you know, I don't believe it. Because if you were inspired by Prince, music would be at a higher level than it is now. Everybody should say the same thing. We took him for granted. And maybe now I'm inspired by listening back to all those old songs, you know? I mean, when I was listening to Purple Rain, you know, I had just the outro, the the guitar solo in the outro, you know, I was listening to it, and it goes on for like a minute and a half, almost two minutes, and I'm like listening to it going, I never realized. I never paid attention like I'm paying attention now, you know? And... um I don't know. I, I just I find it a little bit amusing because I, I, I the the truth is that we took him for granted. I, I didn't realize till this weekend as I was mourning um, that when does cry doesn't have a baseline. All these years yeah. I never realized that until this weekend. <laughs> like yeah, it's it, it's it's just crazy when you think and and you listen to the stories. You know what I mean? The the way he wrote, and and that's I find that even when you listen to today, today's pop artists, the depth in songwriting isn't isn't there. I mean, you know, paint if you will a picture. You and I embraced in a kiss. You know, it's like he's it, telling you right now. Imagine this. Can you, my darling? Can you picture this? It's like, oh my god. You know what I mean? It's like it's he's making you picture this, and there's nothing like this in in today's music where. It, I always called it um, theater of the mind, you know, and uh, it, it's it the, the play is being played out in your mind, and you know, uh, it's it's missing. It's missing in today's music. It's missing in radio as well. I mean, people just read, you know, the radio DJ is just reading cue cards. It's like a theater of the mind, you know. It's like I want I want my mind. Um, stimulated by something other than TV, you know, or, or movies. It's like stimulate my mind in, in ways that that make me remember. Make me remember. And, and the cool thing about theater of the mind is everybody's vision, everything, everything that, other, that you see is different than what somebody else sees. Right. Do you think that's why people are, I don't know, I don't understand why people are saying trance is coming back. I never felt like it left. No, it never left. It never left. 
why has that all of a sudden become a thing where people are like, oh, because I've never stopped listening to trance, obviously, so I don't know where that but, came from. You know, I think, you know what? I think trance is almost like Prince. People took it for granted. It never went away, but people took it for granted. Now, if trance stopped tomorrow, no more trance will ever be made. People will go back and they'll listen and they'll shake their head going, I never realized. You know, even stuff that was made in the last two, three years, people are going to listen to it and go, I really took this for granted. This is amazing stuff. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's mind boggling to me, but like, I, I tend to, I mean, I've studied music the majority of my life, so. It's just funny when people bring up stuff and you're like, have you not realized? But, um, so. Well, because it's like, I, I think that people are, it's what they're fed that they judge. You know, they judge trance on, based on what they're fed. And to be honest with you, the stuff that's, that they're fed is a lot of the trance was, is factory made, you know? And there's no, there, there's no uh, quality control. You know, I'll give you an example. So I'm, I run my label, Cold Harbor Recordings, yeah? And we have our artists. And people ask me, how do you choose your artists? It's like, well, you know what? I, I have a lot of people coming to me and, and uh, you know, sending me demos and stuff. But I find that, you know, there's there's imperfections in a lot of the music. Okay, and sometimes the imperfections are what make it magical. And and sometimes people send me tracks that are perfect, but there's nothing magical there. And I always say, it's like, listen, if you want to to be uh, signed on Cold Harbor, if you want me to sign your track, then we need to make some modifications. And, you know, I work with the artists, and it's like I really want to get the best, the most out of a song. And sometimes I will you know, turn a track down or, or I'll, I'll say, listen, this needs to be fixed. That needs to be fixed. Uh, work on this. And, and the guy and, and an artist will be like, well, so-and-so at this label, uh, wants to sign it and he doesn't, he says it's fine. And then they put it out and they wonder why it never sold or it never got played in anybody's sets or anything like that. And it's like, you know, there's, other labels who just, they, they, there's not that quality of control or that attention to detail. I'm very proud of the fact that there's artists that release a track on Cold Harbor, and then other people, uh, they release a track on another label, and they say, hey, how come the tracks you released on Cold Harbor are much better than the stuff you released on other labels? And it's like, I'm very proud when people say that. It's because there's attention to detail. And, and I guess going back to what we were saying is, you know, Trance has been has been rated or judged by the stuff that these labels who just find it just as is what what they're feeding us or feeding you, and really the stuff that that you know that that the really magical stuff sometimes gets forgotten about. Um, and I don't know. It's uh like I said. I think that I, I don't think I, I think that. The magic, the magical tracks have been produced over the last 10 years and, you know, they, they haven't gone away. Sometimes you have to dig a little harder or sometimes people 
take it for granted and they don't realize because, uh, you know, maybe something else is being shoved down their throat before uh, they really had a chance to understand. You know, it's like uh, I, back in the day, I remember, I remember back in the day when I first started DJing, I would listen to promos that came in and I'd be like, ah, I like this song. I don't like this song. I like this. I don't like this. And then I would go and I'd, li- you know, listen to another DJ play. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is this song? And then I go running up the booth, like, what is this song? Oh, this is the new song, da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I didn't, I, I listened to it, and I didn't, I didn't like it. I had no idea it sounded like this. And, you know, it's like, it, it's, a, we, we all missed songs, but luckily the music wasn't so disposable that eventually, if it, if it really was good, you got to hear it eventually. You got to experience that song eventually. Nowadays, if it doesn't click and resonate and connect with you right away, forget it. It's gone. It's done. You're never going to hear it uh, and go, hey, what is this song? You know, Because many people, most people, don't take chances. Um, they'll just you know, stick with what's safe. And, um, and, and people don't... The other thing is a lot of times DJs, they don't go out and listen to other DJs play as much as they used to. Um, you know, I mean, I remember I used to spend every minute, uh, all of my free time in clubs listening to other DJs and, and just studying, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's one of the, the inevitable parts of the scene when a scene is oversaturated. And I think that's what it all comes down to. It's an, uh, it's an oversaturated scene. But that being said, the fans, like I said uh, before, right? When you make music on a certain frequency for people that are on your frequency, then you break through all of that and you make a special connection and a, and a special community of like-minded people that all feel the same, you know, not feel the same, but you know what I mean? It's like there's something special. Right. And in in, in that, um, are you, do you, like, from my perspective, I mean, it's a, it's a different thing based on the fact that, like, it doesn't feel very as competitive amongst you guys. But I see it in fans. Why, like, there's, like, an elitism within. Oh, no, you're reading it all wrong. Trust me. Really? Oh, yeah. But, you know, nobody wants to be, uh, um, you know, mentioned in blogs as so-and-so is, uh, doesn't get along with so-and-so. Um, there's a lot of backstabbing, a lot. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, I always say there's some people that are in the scene that are master politicians. Um, you don't realize it uh, until later that, wow, <laughs> you know. Um, so no, it's, it's, it's very competitive and, um, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad, you know. Well, in, in that terms, do you think that's why, like, certain people are more appealing? Like, I've always respected you because you come from passion and you've, you've, you've stayed true to yourself and, like, to your sound. Is that, like, why there seems to be the perspective that I have? Or... Is it just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because you know what? I've always I've always been the kind of person, ever since I was young, I've always 
I, I always wanted to, I, I always enjoyed being the underdog. You know what I mean? The guy that you wouldn't expect to just like, whoa. You know, whether it's at a festival, whether it's a club, it doesn't matter. It's like I always wanted to be the guy who maybe, you know, I was the opener or maybe I was uh, not the, the headliner on the bill or my name wasn't as big as other people's on the flyer, but you just blew their minds, you know, and it's like you just that that's the guy that I've always been and I've always wanted to be. Um and you know, I, I think that nowadays um it's so easy to to you know outshine people when it comes down to at the actual sets because these sets are you know some of these sets are just a joke. But uh but the marketing has gotten to be so big and so powerful that, you know, it, it's it's getting more and more difficult um, to kind of, to, you know, to just be, I don't know, I don't even know how to, how to describe it, but it's, it's so much hype out there now. And, um, and, and it's, it's an, I want, I want to say it's a necessary evil, but I still stand firm. Uh, I still, I'm kind of stubborn with this, that I feel the most important thing is what comes out of the speaker's. And, uh, I, I, that's how I go about my business. That's what I've always uh, done. And I think that's why, you know, I've been in the industry for as long as I have. And I don't, I'm not going to be out of this scene in three or four years, <laughs> like everybody, you know, like some of these other people. I'm going to be in this industry another 10, 20 years. I'm going to keep going. Um, because the most important thing to me is what comes out of those speakers and the fans. And why do you think others have lost that? Is it um, like they're after the fame and well, fortune? No, I no. The the you know what the reason why people have lost that is management, agents. Now you people have a whole you know it's not like you DJ and that's your job. You know you go you get a paycheck and you you know you you pay your bills with that. Nowadays. You know, you are supporting a whole staff of people. You've got agents and a, uh, uh, agencies. You have management and management companies. You have PR agents. You have, you know what I mean? It's like you're, you're supporting, you're literally supporting 20, 30 people sometimes. Um, and so it becomes, it, it becomes like that. You know, people, uh, the agents are fighting. They're, they're trying to prove their, their value to the clients. Management is fighting. They're trying to prove their value to the clients. And, uh, you know, if you've got a powerful management, I mean, you're, you're gonna win a Grammy. You know, or, or be nominated for a Grammy. And, and, uh, because, not because of what's coming through the speakers, but because of your management or your agency or, or your PR. Um, and that's why, you know, it, it is people, I guess, don't find the, uh, the necessity to be innovative. It's better to be safe, um, than, than innovative when you have a, um, uh, you know, a, a staff or, or a, a crew of 20, 30 people that you're supporting. Right. And so the art, do you think, like, just the art of itself just gets lost in, like, everything? about that. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, for sure. The, the art gets lost. And um you know, it, it's 
I, I think that, but but I, I see that there's a lot of people that are growing increasingly more and more frustrated with the state of um of of the way the the music scene is. You know, there's a lot of people who are just uh, like even going against what their management is saying. It's like, you know what? This is what I want to put out there. This is who I am as an artist. And um, I, I just, you know, I just hope that uh, um, more people just stand up and, and try and be innovative and, uh, and, and blow our minds, you know? I can't right. wait till the next, till, I can't wait till I hear, um, you know, a 10-minute long EDM song that actually does takes me on an incredible journey, and I don't mean you know uh, um, a, a a niche format song, you know something that's uh, like a niche format. I'm talking about something that is commercial that everybody loves, and it happens to be ten minutes long. I mean, I cannot wait for those days to come back um, because there's you know there's just so much storytelling that needs to be done that uh, most people are just um, they're playing it safe and 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 you know it needs to, the stories need to be told right and is that why like you do so many open to close sets is that yeah that is exactly why I mean boom that's it <laughs> that's exactly why I feel like I have uh, you know um, I, I want to be able to spread my wings and, and fly. And, uh, you know, the festivals are great because it's almost like, um, you know, uh, um, it, it's, it's your, your, your storefront, you know, it's like, uh, you're at a shopping center, you walk past the mall or I mean, past the store and there it is. There's the, uh, that's what's in the store. That's kind of what a festival set is. It's like, that's what's in my store. Um, but when you walk in the store, you feel, you see, um, everything, you know, and, uh, the eclectic tastes, uh, that I have. And, um, uh, and, you know, I, I, I love those. I love to be able to challenge people, uh, with the long sets. Awesome. Well, um, I don't really want to keep you, uh, crazy long, but I, I appreciate <laughs> you finally doing this. Yeah, it, it, was, was a, awesome. it was a great chat. Thank you, uh, thank you for this. You, you know, um, it's, uh, very, very good questions and a uh, great conversation. I don't get to uh, talk, uh, you know, that deep with people uh, all the time about uh, about the music that uh, we all love so much. Well, I try. I mean, I try because I I pay attention and and I'm a fan. <laughs> so it's like good. Then you've got then you you know you've got uh, you've got a bright future. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, so before, okay. like, I want to let the listeners know it was kind of going on I know what's going on obviously but other than the album that they should have already pre-ordered like I did um like what what is in store coming up in the next year yeah uh the new album watch the world April 29th um actually I'm I'm really excited I'm going to do a serious takeover on Sirius XM uh starting at 11 p.m. then the album gets released at midnight and then uh, we're going to do a whole uh, listening session of the album from midnight until 1 o'clock on Sirius. But that's that's on April 29th, April 28th, going into April 29th. And uh, I'm excited. Two years' worth of work about to be released. Awesome. Well, I'll be coming out on Friday. I'm doing the 24-hour thing again. 
Perfect. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a, a lot of the singers from the album are going to be performing, and I'm super excited. I'm excited, too. Well, again, um, okay. so I know where to find you. Thank you again, and uh, I'll see you then. Okay. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.